Aloha Mai Kako. Welcome to the Aloha Friday Conversation, Art, Culture, and Ideas in Hawaii. I'm Noe Tanigawa. So glad you're here today for something very Hawaii, but kind of off the beaten path. Day before yesterday, I had the honor of spending time with Kahuradi Akau, Konohiki of Moanalua Ahupua'a, director of the Moanalua Culture Project, and Kumu of Halau Ohuluena. We met at Kahuakau's home in Kalihi. The living room had large, comfortable chairs and was lined with photographs, mostly black and white or kind of sepia, all framed in koa. These were photographs of Akau's family. For example, his great-grandmother at a picnic in a forest or in a formal portrait recording the people of Moanalua in 1883. Kahuakau took out his maps, large with intricate notations. One shows the valley with its front section, Kamanaiki, and the back section against the Ko'olau, Kamananui. Akau said Moanalua was always a place for chiefly families. This is where the chiefs live. What was so great about this area? Well, because of the Akua, the salt ponds, fish ponds. The, that's why the Maui chiefs, the island chiefs for centuries used to come because... Oahu was the place, the abundant, the only inland fresh water. He had the Ever District, you know, Kalailua Ture was all alkaline ponds. It was abundant. So every year for generations, they used to come and try over. They got pushed back from Mike Kukai, the great king. And so at Triple Army Hospital, is the most exalted place. That was the seat of royalty. So they can control the Ever District and the Corner District. The Ever District is from Alawa, all of Ever. Yeah, yes, as ever district now from Moanalua to all the way to Moanalua Bay Hawaii Kai, that's the corner district. Wow, that's so, the whole area that's. Yeah, so when you sit triple, you can see everything. So that was the royal seat from Kamehameha, Kaikili, Kahahana. That, that was the point. And the salt and the fish ponds. This is the richest Ahapua. Till today, you got four military installations Coast Guard, Army, Navy, Air Force, right in here. And you got the water. It shows you how important this aqua is. This, this is the story right here. Tell me how, about the water in this Ahupua. When you look at the Kualao Mountains, yeah, you got Kahana Valley, Kalu, that's, that's all the management areas. That's why it's going through the Kualao's feeding, Mililani, you know, military, Eva, Kalu coming, all coming through the mountains. Coming out of here, the soft snow. Okay. This is Triple Radio. Okay. Mali Yeah. The Monroe Gardens. Yeah. Yeah. So this is Kamananui Valley. Kamaniiki. The three ponds. Yeah. I was talking to you about radio. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh. The pine trees. This is all names of Papanuakea's grand and great grandchildren. Right here. This is the brother, sister, the whole Moe Kapulani, the sister Manakapu, Kiana Kamano. And these are all the children, Waiola. They talk about Waiola, I talk about that in the article. The Waiola, the spring. Coming under here, the radio tanks, the radio here. So the water coming underneath, 100 feet buffer. That's the radio. Mailukukai, yeah, the great king, they talk about Mailukukai in the 13th century. Everything was abundant, there were no human sacrifice, no wars, everything. You know, he, he replenished the whole island of Oahu and he built. That's why this is the most exalted place in Mongolia, the hill of Mailikukahi, Shriplami Hospital. So during the time, 
chiefs used to come from Maui trying to invade Wau. They got pushed back many generations. And then when Kaikili came, he came and slaughtered everybody. Then that was the first wave. Then Kamehameha came. That was a second wave. Yeah, and this was the seat up here. And with Kamehameha's time, they were, this place was known as the Hill of Strangulation. And what's up there today? The hospital. So crazy things going up there today. Mokapu, Marine Base, Mokapu, Mokopiri, Mokopiri, Kapukaki, Red Hill. Look at all the Kapu words. It's not there for nothing. It tells you a lot. It tells you, what, does it, what is it telling us, that we shouldn't be there? Be careful. For many years. Oh yeah, Kapu. Oh yeah, Kapu. Keep out. You know, Hawaiian words are so much calmer, yeah. But can you, and can you talk about Paliuli, the, the, the yeah, special well, 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 when Kaikalaulani came from the south, she came up, you know, princess of many heavens, yeah, that's what her name is. And she was on this white canoe, like a pillar cloud of light, looking for the paradise. So she stopped at Kauai. It was not there. So she moved across the channel. She stopped at Kei outside, whatever front way. She looked back. She seen those blue black mountains. Now with Triplame hospitals, it used to be higher. That was known as the Altars of Paliuli. So when you look at the back, you got that peaks, yeah. Now the ocean was all the way up to Red Hill. I mean there was ocean before they could paddle and go up. You see? Really? Yeah, it was yeah. all underwater. It was all underwater. Then two time, you know, things you see, people build, you know. And she stopped there. And the Makali'i shark was the guardian shark. Manolo Bay to Wainai. There's a guardian shop. And he used to travel back and forth. But his home was at Kakaolana, right outside the reef. So when she came, she did her oli and everything to ask permission to enter. So as she entered the Kiri Channel, she came up here, did her things at the Hollywood apparently knowing this is it right here, man. And as she entered, she went in and she met Kamawai Lolani, who was the son of Pop and Wakia now. When Papa left Wakea, because of a personal family thing, when they came back, they had this child come away to Lohani. Papa and Wakea. Papa and Wakea are the Yeah, are the, the earth origin. mother and yeah, the, the people, progenitors. And they used to live at, up here at, at, where Liki Liki is. They had the Papa and Wakea stone. And coming down Liki Liki, ah. that's the wall. They're all in there facing the east. So the right. side of yeah, yeah, so, yeah, so they're facing the east, so the journey continued. The all in stone cross. In case, yeah, yeah, in, in case, the wall? yeah, yeah. I'm a top here, Homoi Kapulani. It says it right there. The Hawaiian's highly adorned as resting closer to the heavens. So look at the names. There's a tunnel. You still have a tunnel when you're going through Kamanui Valley. As you go inside where the golf course stay, you come here. And the golf course is right here, the residences. Over here, when I was a little boy, we used to go and sit there with my dad, like in 62, 63. And I used to see this windmill, but the blades were missing. And under there, this was that cave that comes out to Kualoa Ranch. Oh, yeah, from Wanawa yeah, yeah, to yeah. Kualoa yeah, Ranch. It comes out, yeah, it comes out through here and then comes out and then goes through here and then goes across. That's how it used to travel. But the thing is, that's was some sacred area, yeah. So if you can go the freeway, it would have come right to Manakapu. Yeah, all this. Yeah, right here. So when you go down Lagoon Drive, they went dredge on the left side. For the China Clipper, the seaplane, they were damaged so much of the reefs because my dad then was young. They used to go down K, and when the tide go down, they drive across the reefs because it had houses on stilts all the way to Kuhali. So my dad then used to live over there. But after that, I think in the 1930s, 
they will dredge that whole channel so they can the china clipper the sequin come to find out right ah oh, too short that's okay scrap them but after damaging that whole area that's the whole food. area that's whole area. Makai of whole area. yeah and then, yeah and then the battleship port royal got stuck on the reef about nine eight years ago they damaged like a couple acres of coral reef all burial and I was going to do one testimony about the Mali because, you know, they went, you know, you know, you know, you know, do that against the military. And there, because a lot of people from Wanolua, they came from the Mano house, yeah, the shop house, yeah, it was the Almakua. A lot of them had marks on their bodies. Yeah, rough skin. My my cousins, they all had the mouth, you know, birth marks, all these. A lot of people had them, and a lot of the babies, and they're all buried under the reef. They used certain limo that was sacred to the shock out there. So they were all buried underneath. There was like a graveyard out there. Because that got all ripped off. But, you know, they can do what they can do anything. They can do what they like. It's like this. Well, yeah, we're going to come to the table, but we know what you're going to tell you. We're going to be ready. It's just words, yeah. What What do you think about the Navy's response now well, to well, well, the Well, at least there's something. At least there's this, this hope. Oh, yeah. not guaranteed. They tell you we'll come to the table, we're gonna do this, that. And this is this is how it is. It's all part of evolution. This is all part of change. This is what it is. They, they, this is the Pacific League. Are you worried they, for they, the water? Well, I, I'm done on this island? I'm done being I just live with the spirit. What are you gonna do? You got we get more things to worry about the world, just mass and everything. You're I know, gonna, but this is the water supply oh, for yeah, the whole oh, island. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. I mean I only can do so much. I gotta stick to what I gotta do. Too bad. You don't like the world, you don't like the earth get getting turmoil because, you know, we got to take care of the earth, we got to take care of the water. I do in my part. Can you say anything more about that, the leaping off point and where yeah, that the, was? The spirit, yeah, you know, and all the spirits go like Kaina Point. Kind of but what, do you, what, what happens there? What, where, well, what are well, these points? Like on the Lena Kauhane, like, yeah, the leaping, that's where the spirits go and they, so leave. there's an actual flat stone. Well, used to, well, used to. The military is right across the street. Did the military base on top there? When you look across the street, no. it's just right in that area. It's right near the entrance of Kapukaki. That hole. This is all part of the leaping. When what happens look, there? Well, you can find out. This is telling you. I mean, I don't want to put my mind or my energy towards that because I'm already done already. Um, I got, I, I'm moving on. But in history. They real sacred. Point. When you see any places, Manakapu, Kapukaki, yeah, you know, all these Kapu, Kapu, Kapu is they planted, and we better live by that, yeah. It's there for a reason, you're saying. More than that, you better pay attention. Well, now we live 2022. This is something else on way back. Anything with Kapu, Omoi, Kapu, you know the bridge. You know, pay attention. You better, you better know what you're dealing with. You know, everything is technology. Oh no, look at this. Oh no, 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 no. Look, look, look at that right now. This thing ain't going away. Just put a drop of oil inside this water. Shake them up, and you see them. We're drinking no, it no, already. Yeah, I know that. But yeah, it's just one drop in a five-ounce glass. You guys, officials, deal with them. I've seen them already. Well, why I going backtrack and say, you know, well, you folks better this and that. I'm done. I'm, I'm finished. They got all the knowledge, the education. They're more the spiritual. 
what I see here, what you feel here. And they don't have feelings, you gotta have feelings here. We have feelings all over. Give me, we take care. How can we conjure those feelings in people? Well, I think it's through knowing, through history. Right, through... yeah. The knowingness, the unseen. Mm -hmm. You can be on beam of light, yeah. You know, you can change people. Just your energy, the things you do. You be the beam of light for your family. Watch how many people change. It's all about the spirit. You change, your family change. You change, people change. It's between you and God. It's not about being Mormon or being Catholic. No, 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 no. None of me. That's why I say the spirit of the land. You gotta be. This is Hawaii. It's not California. We isolated. You know what I mean? The mana. Yeah. It's the ones down below. That's where the vibrations down below. It's telling you real. You know what I mean? There's other things that they need that the people don't realize. Yeah, well, I gotta, I gotta do this. I gotta do that. But I gotta make sure they know that, giving them assurance that everything is okay. Is everything okay? No, no. We've been talking with Kahu Radi Akau, Konohiki, or steward of Moanalua Ahupua'a. He's director of the Moanalua Culture Project and Kumu of Halau Ohuluena. Ahead, Kahuakau discusses the supernatural in Hawaii and what its role has been in maintaining a physical and spiritual balance for individuals and the environment. Before we return to Moanalua on a spiritual plane, let's look at the reality of the Navy's fuel storage tanks that are lodged in the Eva side of the valley. In 2019, the Navy released a third-party report that found a nearly 30% chance that 1,000 to 30,000 gallons of fuel could leak from those tanks per year. The Sierra Club of Hawaii has said at least 180,000 gallons of fuel have already leaked from the Red Hill tanks since 1943. After years of warnings by the Board of Water Supply, a leak from one of the tanks was discovered last November. It's been estimated over 14,000 gallons of fuel oil started leaking several months ago, affecting 93,000 people. The status ordered the tanks to be emptied, and this week, the Navy agreed to comply. That's not good enough, according to Tim Vandeveer, an attorney representing the Yola Alliance. The WOA is a citizens group that plans to keep the pressure on the Navy. They want to save the aquifer. Um, that's, the, that's the immediate goal, is to stop this threat um, that has been ongoing and that remains ongoing. Now that they say they're going to comply with the executive order, they have 23 days to come up with a plan for how to do that. DOH has got to approve the plan, and once it is approved, they've got 30 days to defuel, was what I thought. That's correct. Instructions were. That's mm -hmm. right. Can you see any delays to that? There's two main issues. 
One is that the order itself does not say anything about never refueling the tanks. As a matter of fact, it contemplates the possible refueling of the tanks after this whole process is done. That's a big problem. The second problem is that there's no guarantee that they're not going to fight this order while the defueling is going on. Given their behavior and their response thus far, um, we should be prepared for the Navy to continue to fight the order, even as they are complying with the defueling in order to keep Red Hill in place. So we have spoken with our expert, and he has made some recommendations as to what should be in place while the defueling happens. What the Navy has done in the past, for instance, during the base closure and realignment program, when there were environmental issues and cases that came through the federal court system, is they entered into consent decrees. And a consent decree would allow the plaintiffs in our case to sit down and talk with the Navy, for experts to sit down and talk with the Navy and have a court-enforceable deadline by which all of this would have to be completed. And so that's what we're seeking uh, while this process is ongoing. We certainly support the governor's efforts. We support Sierra Club's efforts and think that the DOH is moving in the right direction. But um, the order leaves a lot of questions and the Navy hasn't answered many of those questions. The other piece of it is nowhere in the executive order does it say that Red Hill will be closed forever. That is that this fuel couldn't be put back into these tanks at some point in the future. That's unacceptable. What has happened? is unacceptable. And we're very concerned that once some of the furor dies down, that the Navy will be right back to business as usual at Red Hill. And, you know, if they agree to this tomorrow, if they say, okay, we're going to be removing this thing, the problem is not over. There has to be oversight. We have to stay vigilant that there's not another leak. Human error was to blame for some of what has happened. It's not just the tanks, it's also the pipelines. But in the case of Red Hill, I've been quite disappointed at how slow the response has been in our elected officials. And having spent some time doing the grassroots side, and also having spent some time in politics, I see that both of our political parties are beholden to the military industrial complex. <laughs> this isn't related to my case, so I'm sort of taking off my Tim the Lawyer hat here. But it wasn't a starry-eyed radical who said that we must caution in the councils of government against the growing threat of the military industrial complex. That was Dwight Eisenhower that said that. Attorney Tim Vanderveer represents the Wyola Alliance, a crowdfunded citizens group seeking enforceable oversight in the water crisis involving the Navy's Red Hill fuel tanks. Support for The Conversation comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Native Books and PCAT, Pacific Center for Advanced Technology Training. Let's take it nice and easy. On the next Fresh Air, we remember lyricist Marilyn Bergman, half of a songwriting duo with her husband, Alan. They wrote the songs Nice and Easy, You Must Believe in Spring, and The Windmills of Your Mind. Also, director and author Peter Bogdanovich, whose best-known films include The Last Picture Show, Paper Moon, and Mask. Join us. Beginning this afternoon at 3, following Science Friday. We're gonna...
Support for Hawaii Public Radio comes from Matson, investing in new ships, cranes, and terminal improvements to serve the needs of Hawaii communities for generations to come. Matson.com. For your company today on the Aloha Friday Conversation, I'm Noe Tanigawa. Looking forward to the music of Lili'uokalani ahead from a singer born and raised in Moanalua Valley. In 2007, the state acquired Moanalua Valley, just over 3,700 acres, with the help of the Trust for Public Land, and it's been managed largely for public hiking, hunting, preservation, and education. Kahuakau knows the valley well, you'll see. His family was living there in Moanalua until the Damon family acquired it from Bernice Poahi Bishop in the 1880s. And it was there in 1994 at the family graveyard that he was spiritually inducted. Kahuradi Kamavailualani Kavehi Akau is Konohiki, or steward of Moanalua, and you'll hear him describe things you've only otherwise encountered in manga or superhero stories. These are the supernatural stories of Hawaii, and Kahuakau says those forces haven't lost their power. I asked him what he sees when he heads deep into the valley. What's how you feel? What's that? When the deities, I'm always under the inspiration of the deities. They inspire me first. So when you go inside that valley, you you leave all your resentments, all this. You gotta clear yourself. You gotta be into the existence. God came into existence before existence existed. He came in the form of the existence. He is the existence. So you got to know how to weave yourself and, and then things open up. But you got to be conditioned. You got to go through all this, the results. Things open up to you because of the trust yet, the unconditional love and trust you have. It's where I find all my pharmaceuticals. It's where I find they, they, they show me where everything is at. This is the answer you give me when I say... What is it like when you walk back in the valley? The deities, they inspire me. You, know, you got to be under the inspiration. I'm not there for look for mango or guava. <laughs> okay. Now the idea before is them, the waters, the birds. As I move, the birds are chirping because they're letting the arons say, hey, so can you come in up the trail? Kolea, you got to know, this is all God's means. And when they know you ain't this, they will, they will reveal itself because of your, your energy. It's all energy. It's all supernatural. It's part of the supernatural sanctions of rights, yeah. That's what it is. That's what kahunas is, yeah. A master, a teacher of hula, kanubion and the like, whose practices involve knowledge, involve supernatural sanctions and rights. This is what it's all about. Do you think it's like losing touch with the supernatural? That well, well it, 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 when you end it, it comes to you. You don't have to look for it. It's all energy. That's why Hawaiians, they knew how to... Master the silence. Everything is in a silence. You know, here is why all. It's a, it's a semi-divine being, why all. You know, it's a spiritual being. Wait a second. Could, so, can so, you so, talk so, more? so, so, there's another. There's an underworld underneath here. There's other beings too. Not only us, yeah. You is that me? what you're referring to when you talk about why Ola? Well, people looking at water. They're looking at the surface. I'm looking at the spiritual part. The oh. life, water is life here. Yeah. Water is sacred here. Yeah. Why is water? Yeah. 
Ola is life. life. There's a life force in there. What dwells in Ola? Spiritual beings. These are all God's creation. How can average people, everyday people, be a part of that understanding? Well, well, well you cannot look, you cannot advertise, you cannot volunteer. When you talk about it, you know. So this need to us not being said, that's what I mean. And the people that come in my circle, if you're listening right here, you know, we all have this something about us. Either you got it or you don't. You're born with this seed, yeah. And, and you got to know what you're supposed to be doing in life. If, if you, don't, you retire and done, and that's why I sit, you've been hanging around the wrong people. We, we all have this gift. We all have it. One great crane operator, your job. Everybody, they all have this talent. And you got to know what you're supposed to be doing because you only have so much time on earth. Like me, it just went, boom, it just came one time because I was listening, I was ready because before me, my parents, their parents, their parents, their parents, it's this lineage. But you said you were a musician and you were working in the tour industry for like 20 years. I was going that way from when I was seven years. I played when I was playing professionally on the boats at Kewala Basin when they were all the boats was going. I kind of worked (laughs) Danny Kalikini, you know, they had the show and Zulu and all that. I started going from Hawaii musically. I started going into jazz rock and all this, ready to go, you know. So then I just, boom, I just, it was at that cemetery. The cemetery here in Mawalu? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then something when not knowing that the people underneath there, in their time, there were somebody, the statue at that time, they were Kauna, they were all these, these sorcerers, they were healers, they were hula masters, kapu oli, they were all these lua, they were all these guys, because huluena, the great huluena means the gathering of the feather capes during makahiki, the competition sports. You had to have feather caves, you like you had to be chiefs of the lines. Not all the commoners couldn't compete. So this is where the first Hawaiian language schools was, the Lua schools, the Lalapal schools, culture, culture. So I named my school Halaluena. When during the time of the Makahiki, you know, this is time of celebration and everything was this way radio. Nobody know that. Now you know. What do you think about the Navy's response now well, to well, well, the Well, at least there's something. At least there's this, this hope. Oh, yeah. I guarantee. They tell you, we'll come to the table, we're going to do this, that. And this is how it is. It's all part of evolution. Look, look at it right now. This thing ain't going away. Just put a drop of oil inside this water. Shake them up. And you see them. We're drinking now, it now already. They, I know, know that. Yeah. It's just one drop in a five-ounce glass. And now this come, you know, surface... Hey, you guys officials got to They got all the knowledge, the education. They're more the spiritual. What I see, yeah, what you feel, and they don't have feelings. You gotta have feelings, yet. Yeah. We have feelings. Aloha, give me. We take care. How can we conjure those feelings in people? Well, I think it's through knowing, through history. Right, through... yeah, the knowingness, the unseen. Mm-hmm. Everything has spirit. This has spirit. <laughs> Piece of lava yeah. you picked look, look. up. A rock. You can see them right there. See them? See them there. See them being. Yeah. You gotta pay attention to stuff like this. You don't just go take stones from a volcano. I know in the industry, you go to Kilauea, the post office, they get 200 pounds of rocks coming back every week. So on the Tuesday, you know, you cannot do this kind of stuff. But me, I do for, for purpose, intention, yeah, because of my journey. 
What do you think is the first thing people who are listening can do to start connecting? You got to get with yourself. You got to start praying to yourself. You know, accord the divinity is in us. Everything starts. But yeah, you can go to church and all this kind of stuff, but it comes down to you yourself. Everybody will be a doctor, will be a fireman, will do this. No, no, this is you today. You are a result of all what you have thought. Everything you thought about when you was grade school, college, everything. I didn't know nothing. I didn't, I didn't know anything. You know, 27 years ago, and when I started going this journey, I had to clean house because there was something waiting for me. I couldn't ignore them already, you know. So when I took the spiritual bow and stuff. Did you do that consciously? It came. My certification came spiritually in 2013. And from 2013, my life has never been the same, man. Doors started opening up. My parents were very afraid when I was going this way when I started hanging around the graveyard. Because what they seen when they were young, they never imagined as they get older, somebody be going in that direction already. You know, fireballs and, you know, all this. I they mean, saw I that. I mean, seen all that. Oh, yeah, they saw it's part of it. And a lot of people, they were into the mall. And, like, they were kind of getting afraid that direction was going then. I told him I was going to study with this man, Big Island, and my mom. Papa Island? Yeah. I came to my mom and said, oh, Mom, you know, uh, it's Papa Henry White, Big Island. She said, yeah, yeah. Why? She said, oh, I'm going to study with him. Turn up the TV, come here, sit down, I'll like, talk to you. She knew already. You know, this kind of stuff, yeah, you know, you know, bit one leg in and one leg out. Oh, yeah, Ma, you know, I'm just going to give five of you. Be careful now. So as I was getting into it, that was Big Island, but this is more on the Things started to surface. Spending every day over there, like, oh my God. I'm very afraid for a lot of what's going on. People, if you don't have the right instructions, how to live on Earth yet. Right now, there's a lot of people, native cultures in the world, who have the instructions. What would you say to them? The Amazon Indians, the Amazon forest. What would you like to see happen next for this area? There's nothing to see. It's a day-to-day thing. I don't want to like to dream and hope. I don't hope you know, everybody wants an answer. I have no answer. You know, like the Aina going through this negative mode, man. Because they're going to create this negative reaction. And we want to feel it.
Support for HPR comes from the Honolulu Museum of Art, welcoming the community to experience treasures of devotion, human connection in secular and sacred art, featuring works from the 14th century to present day. HonoluluMuseum.org Each week, New Dimensions explores the social, political, scientific, environmental, and spiritual frontiers with some of today's foremost social innovators, thinkers, scientists, and creative artists. Hello, I'm Dr. Susan Campbell, author of From Triggered to Tranquil. Next time on New Dimensions, I'll be talking about techniques to help you calm your emotional reactivity. Beginning Sunday morning at 11. Singer Star Kalahiki is one of the most versatile and accomplished singers in Hawaii today. Her Hoku award-winning album, Salt, is a collection of jazz standards, but her repertoire ranges from bluesy ballads to swingin' Hawaiian and offbeat Broadway. Just like a star across the sky Just like an angel off the page You have appeared in my life I feel like I never be the same Just like a song in my heart Just like oil on my hands oh. Kalahiki says when she was a teenager she was shocked when she first heard her own voice because she'd grown up singing with family or in Pentecostal church choirs all her life Growing up with both sides of my family fourth generation in the church really everybody sang all the time five-part really? harmony what? so it wasn't like what am I missing I kind of thought everybody in the world did live that way oh. it wasn't until I was in high school at the university lab school my teacher auntie Nola Nahulu um I really do believe oh. I chose to go to the lab school instead of Kamehameha because of her force of nature yeah who also introduced me to my first queen songbook the Hawaii Youth Opera Chorus rehearsed mm-hmm. in the basement And in this choir room, at about 16, all of us in the choir had the opportunity to audition for a Claude Debussy piece called Salut Printemps. That was the first time I heard my voice uh, by itself, Hmm. next to um, my peers. Hmm. I guess that's what the experience was. Singing out, what did that feel like? From the inside out, I I was used to that, but yeah. What did you see? What did I see? Yeah, from the outside. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Right. Like, uh, a girl is standing in shock. Kind of like she's just standing in shock because she's like, whoa, what is that? What what is that sound? What is that sound? Why does it sound different from the rest of the girls? What did it sound like? It just sounded big. (laughs) It sounded big. Yeah. And um, that solo taught me a lot. And that space taught me a lot. And then... When I graduated from high school, that was my first uh, job, singing for Japanese weddings in Kwaiha'o Church, nine times a day. Hmm. Mm-hmm. What did you sing? Nine times a day, I sang the Hawaiian wedding song, Kekalineo, and the Queen's Prayer, just the first verse of it. Hmm. And I was a freshman at the University of Hawaii at Manoa, and I took an ethnic studies class from a teacher named Diana McGregor, and I cannot recall exactly what happened. I just realized that I 
it was in that um, time and space that I really learned the history of Hawaii. The history of the overthrow? Yes, the continued illegal occupation since 1893, correct. I I cannot even recall how it is. I, I, I learned it or figured it out and why mm-hmm. it didn't come to me in the way it was taught in high school or prior to prior to that moment, but in yeah. pieces it came. It in pieces it came. I remember being so angry and thinking that um, I just really, I, I really, I, I can't, I can't handle this, um, this anger and this. I think in Hawaiian we call it komaha. This, uh, this weight. I remember thinking I couldn't handle, and I kind of ran away. I quit the job. I traveled um, a lot through Europe. Mm. I really just ran away from knowing more, digging more into the history, or singing the song even. I literally ran away from the resonance. Um, But (laughs) it was funny, too, because at the same time, the Queen's Songbook was published and came out, and I was still singing with Auntie Nola in a choir called Kawaiola Ona Pukani Leo. And it was our job to resonate her songbook in all of these beautiful different spaces throughout Europe. But I still was not allowing myself to really do the investigation into the songs. I was just learning them and singing them. Mm-hmm. So even if I ran away, I really couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. That was just my process. Uh, Lili Wu describes how she felt like the betrayal and and her commitment to remain nonviolent. She describes that in her autobiography. How she acted and how that all played out is a testament to a certain kind of person. Mm-hmm. I've started to investigate her melee from the lens of 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 artist because I, I, am, I am an artist and uh, I, I would say this was about 2013 and that my, my college music teacher John Senor suggested that we, we engage in what we, what we, we named the Lili'u Project, what really is literally our investigation of her melee. It, it meant learning the songs, it meant um, sharing them. Um, and when there were situations of kuleana in, in, in concern for the care of the land, like for Mauna Kea, her music gave me a kuleana. Uh, besides the fact that my family is uh, from Kohala and Kwaihai, and that is my mountain, um, like I showed up and I had a purpose. I had a very specific job. Can you talk about that? Because in 2019, when, when those protests against the 30-meter telescope were getting so emotionally charged, mm-hmm. you were there as a voice. You were there singing with revered Kupuna yeah. around you. Yeah. Um, kupuna who were, they were reminded in the song of the sacrifice their queen made and the one they were about to. I was reminded in the song. Um, uh, it just It's kind of amazing, that moment. It was Uncle Liko Martin who wrote uh, A Hawaii Stands Together, mm-hmm. who had his guitar, and he turned to me, and he said, Bebe, what do you like sing? And I knew 
um, what melody I was supposed to sing, but I didn't know until the words came out of my mouth just how true and how potent and how I had been born and bred and healed as much as I had been to that moment for that moment. I've never before that moment felt that awareness of I exist for this purpose. Yeah. <laughs> and there's been more moments of that since, but that was the first one I can recall. To be a voice. To be a voice, to be a, a vibration. You know, over your career, you've been one who could bring outside influences of jazz and bossa nova and so on to Hawaiian music. But then for you to dive so deeply and surely into the Hawaiian milieu, <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> I was really thrilled by one of your projects with John Sr. at Leeward. Mm -hmm. It was an evening dedicated to the Queen. Attendees were blindfolded. <laughs> we sat in a room um, a few feet away from each other. Um, I remember a lot of use of those uh, singing bowls mm -hmm. and then your voice in a really ethereal space. John is an amazing teacher and uh, brother and uh, travels and researches um, all kinds of ways to offer our story. This particular offering, which I'm so glad you caught because it was a very intimate audience. I just want to share my personal perspective that really nobody got, which is fascinating. But the students um, in my Hawaiian ensemble, I didn't realize until being in the moment of they, they are there doing what they're doing in the sound, but without the pressure of, of an audience watching them except for their choir director, except for me. Like, I am the only person, like, who has the privilege of watching them express so freely because they're... I, I didn't realize that that would be a thing until I was in it, right? Mm. Like, I was the one one person audience to their true, like, true heart expression of singing her songs. Can you describe the Lili Uokalani that you know through her music? <laughs> thinking about it this morning, man, just like thinking about the water. I'm born and raised in Monalua Gardens. Monalua is my ahupua'a, and I've been paying attention to these, these red hill tanks for some time, and I'm like just really overwhelmed that everybody else is now. And yet, at the same time, it's, it's so close to home that it's, it's just... So my answer to you is I... I, I, I I remember when we were in isolation and, and the Black Lives Matter movement popped up. There was just so much energy. Um, I was really struggling with, with my, my anger, you know, thinking I was, like, so upset. Uh, actually, I was just, like, on this TikTok rampage. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was, like, yeah. on a TikTok rampage. <laughs> and what I realized was I was processing my anger through comedy. I was just so wound up. I felt that was, like, this... Uh, the only way that I I just I could like get energy out. I just recently learned that after Lili U lost her kingdom and she was lobbying in Washington D.C., she was in the process of writing a comic opera where she's just satirizing her own overthrow. 
And I'm like, I get it. I get it. And like when she's in prison, she cannot even compose nothing but songs of aloha because that process is her healing. I want to say that from the heart of an artist, I totally get it. That's like the way she healed herself with no instruments. She's the instrument. So she's nothing but beautiful songs of, of love and reclamation that come out of her imprisonment. And then satire that comes out after she loses her kingdom. <laughs> Do you want to sing now? Can I can you? totally sing now because I really just do it without any... Yep, I know you do. Okay, um, let's do it. So Yeah, is that okay? Yeah, okay, well. The very first verse is the, is the verse I would sing nine times a day. And it, I would say the first verse is the most powerful song in my existence. And, it, and then and she really just pulls it all together and says that your love, oh God, your love up there in the heavens and your oya i'o, your truth in the sanctity of this place. What is Oya Iyo? Um, as I, un, as I understand, it's truth. Fleshy truth is what the dictionary describes it as, and I'm huh. thinking. And really, it, like, just taking apart the word Oya Iyo, it kind of has he, she, it, God, everything in it. Um, so I want to say a fleshy truth, maybe the truth that God is in you. This is what I'm learning. Hmm. That's really her constant reminder to me that heaven and earth and these things that we fight against are really not a duality, but, but a balance of truth. And then really what she always comes to is aloha. And this like learning of aloha for this Hawaiian right here, I'm talking about myself, is just so... It's so comprehensive. It's so continuous. It's so time immemorial. Your loving mercy is as high as heaven, and your truth so perfect. I live in sorrow, in prison. You are my light, your glory, my support. Behold not with malevolence the sins of man, but forgive and cleanse. <laughs> Oh, lady.
And so, O Lord, protect us beneath your wings, and let peace be our portion, now and forevermore. Mahalo, Star Kalahiki. On January 17, 1893, Queen Liliuokalani was arrested at gunpoint by U.S. Marines. After months of house arrest, in 1895, the Queen formally abdicated her throne. We'll hear inside stories from the Queen's life next time with the historian of Iolani Palace. But that's about it for Aloha Friday this week. Mahalo for your company. If you enjoyed the show, you can share it or listen again on the conversation page at hawaiipublicradio.org. The conversation is a Kako thing, produced by Lillian Zhang, Savannah Harriman-Pote, and Russell Subiono. I'll be with you on the listening end Monday when Catherine Cruz picks up the conversation. I'm Noe Tanigawa. Ahoy ho. Let's take care of each other. And happy Aloha Friday. Mm-hmm.